Again, Wilkinson in the place. Johnny Wilkinson, he's got it! Ella, Shimpeda, Benchero! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pints Up with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. Hello, hello, all, all listeners. We're uh, sorry we've uh, left you for so long. There was a uh, holiday, not together. Uh, we're in the same country, in fact, Gareth, but, but again, not together. Um, yeah, both been away at uh, different times, so it's kind of left us a bit uh, all over the place, which uh, after this week, Gareth will continue again as uh, I'm off to uh, sunny Japan for the Rugby World Cup on, on uh, Thursday. Yeah, but, lucky, uh, lucky boy, eh? Lucky boy. Obviously, you know... You've got you've got the pass out because you're not taking the misses here. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm going to get away with that one, which is yeah, obviously. I mean, I have to try and save up brownie points at the moment, and I'm about to cash them all in and then some. Um, <laughs> going into the uh, debt on that, but uh, yeah, that's a fun fun topic for another day. Uh, but yeah, go on, we'll go we'll go straight into the rugby, Gareth. Um, rugby World Cup. We uh, did a preview, didn't we? We had uh, ex national Jeff Harlan on. We had a couple of people from different countries on our preview. You can still go back and listen to them in the feed if you like, but. All teams played three games now. Gareth, uh, who have you been impressed with most so far? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's obviously difficult to look, look past um, probably our boys and your boys. <laughs> it's difficult to look past the uh, the Welsh and the, the English has been um, probably two of the, the most impressive so far. Um, so you could throw in Japan as well. Um, other than that, I think yeah, New Zealand, but New Zealand on a one-off game really with South Africa. Um I think it's yeah. I, th- I think consistently over two or three games, um, the most impressive results so far have been yeah, Wales, England, uh, and Japan. Yeah, so I, I suppose New Zealand fans would, would argue that theirs is the most impressive win, though, isn't it? So you might put them up there, and they've they've taken on some wonderful yeah, maybe the second best team in the tournament and taken them down reasonably convincingly, and then batted a couple of other sides. Is, is that? Do you, yeah, I mean, more credit. Yeah, I mean they, they batted Namibia, didn't they? And um, yeah, I, yeah, the, the one on the one-off head-to-head game, um, theirs is probably the most impressive, impressive win, I suppose. Um, although they're probably favourites for that, weren't they? And um, yeah, it, it, it was an impressive win. I'm not, not, I'm not knocking New Zealand at all, um, but I think that's probably something that was expected. Um, whereas. Uh, well, from a Welsh point of view, it was uh, turning out to be a bit of a tough group. Uh, no, no teams have nilled, uh, got nil points so far. Everyone's uh, getting wins. Um, there's, uh, it was a, a game against an Australian side who've beaten us convincingly over t- several years. Um, certainly in uh, in knockout competition, we've never, uh, never really dented uh, any of the um, Southern Hemisphere's, the big boys' uh, hopes of a, of a in a World Cup game. Um, 
So I think, I think was it was your first win against the Southern Hemisphere side yeah. of the World Cup, isn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that was. So that was a, a, a milestone that we've kind of ticked, or something that we ticked, and something we got monkey off our back, I suppose is the, is the phrase. And obviously, it was a huge game to open up. Ideally, what's going to be a, a poorer side of the uh, of the draw. Um, and then England point of view, they've looked. I think they've looked very impressive. To be fair, I think Eddie's picked the stronger side uh, each game, um, which possibly is going to come back to haunt him. If I don't know, I've not heard how Billy's injury is. I think they were waiting for another day for another scan, weren't they? I don't imagine it's too uh, it's too bad. It was a twisted ankle, was it? Yeah, Sandy was ankle. You're right. They're going to look at it again tomorrow. Um, Yama. Yeah, those chips I'm not cashing in with the uh, Mrs. Gareth. I'm, you know, praying and making deals with the devil. And uh, yeah, you know, let's all let's all get a picture of Billy's ankle and rub it and yeah, send good wishes to it because uh, let's hoping that's good. Uh, yeah, it's all fine because although he hasn't been brilliant so far, um, I think he, yeah, a lot of our game plan depends on him really. And even when he's not brilliant, he still still draws in two, three, four defenders sometimes mm. when he when he moves the ball. So um, and there's yeah. an argument. I touched on it. I think a couple of weeks back. There's an argument that. Um, Eddie Jones doesn't really doesn't trust Wilson. And the fact that he's uh, he's insisting on playing Billy even in uh, games that you probably didn't need Billy. Um, I suppose the flip side well, of that, you could say he's trying to play him into form. Um, I think he probably does trust Wilson. But I don't know if he trusts him as an eight. I mean, he played him at flanker quite a lot, didn't he? But uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to have a, a plan on number eight second. He does, does seem to be playing, and I've been very impressed with with Lewis Ludlam. He came off the bench for mm. Billy, and he real um, young. Yeah, Bolter really. Who just yeah, he's he's not as, quite Billy strong, but he's he's a big big boy and um, yeah, just very physical and yeah, completely yeah, just young and carefree and just coming into everything. So I wonder if he'd play in because he made the bench the other week, but um, but Wilson would be the more experienced one. But I suppose Wilson, it depends then who you play with him because if you've got Curry and Underhill, you don't particularly need someone else doing dirty work. So maybe, maybe you do go for like a carry and carry a lot love them and mm. see how that works because because Underhill and Curry won't get you over the game line. I, mm. I've been, I've been a, a, I've been slightly underwhelmed by us, but also I think we're going along all right and sort of building in, and we've not had a real particular great test yet. I think no. the Argentina game was somewhat taken by a red card that I, that I had no issue with. I think it was a red card. Um, the US were just a bit of a match, and I suppose Tonga gave us a, yeah, we were pretty average against Tonga. Um, yeah, I don't want to try to play too much when we've got three bonus point victories, but um, yeah, and I think. I'm, I'm hoping we're just sort of building nicely into it and the, the French will prove another level up that we'll be able to match. Um, they, they're, yeah, they're but, pretty wins, haven't they? But they've not looked great. Um, and the thing is, if, if New Zealand put in those three performances, everyone says New Zealand, typical professional performances, get what they need out the of each game, building nicely as the big momentum going with them. You've got to be, you know, everyone would say, oh, it's ominous for New Zealand again. Um, so, yeah, while I don't like giving your boys any praise, um, I think, uh, I think, I think you have been been quite quietly improving and impress, looking impressive on the game on game. You're getting the job done. You've got France next game, which is just going to be a walk in the park. Um, and then you're building. Uh, I'm not sure I go walk in the park, but yeah, we should be. No. They, they look. Um... <laughs> they, they just about managed to get to, to win against Tonga. Uh, they did. They're outscored on tries, weren't they? But, um, yeah, I'm 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 hoping you beat France um, because France will be. Uh, Will be our quarter-final matchup, um, and yeah, at the moment, I suppose typical French when everything's uh, people write them off is that's probably when they come good. But uh, but no, I, I think I think England England have been impressive, um, and then 
the, the big the big kind of the most impressive side if you like uh, is probably Japan out of, the, out of the three that we've mentioned or three or four that we've mentioned um, they've well they got that sensational win against Ireland after looking like Ireland were on form um, and, and playing well and and then yeah Ireland came uh, Japan came flying back was, was that the most uh, I was going to say what's the most enjoyable game of the, the tournament so far for you was it that what do you think was the best the, that game the best game um, yeah, I, t- I, t- I think th- those two games are the two. I mean, the Japan, which is the Japan one where they came back when they needed the um, those two late tries for the bonus point win. That was quite quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, probably the, the most the tightest games uh, were probably Wales and Australia, which um, yeah didn't know until the last sort of seconds where it was going to go. And, and similar with uh, with Japan Ireland, I think. Yeah, those those two are probably the the, the best games so far. Um, although uh, I've, I've bigging up Wales at the moment, but uh, I think uh, it's going to be a very tough game against Fiji uh, on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I see Gatland's uh, picked a, uh, a very strong side. Uh, he's only made two changes: uh, Cubby Boy, James Davis coming off, uh, coming on for um, uh, not Moriarty. Moriarty's coming on for Wainwright. Uh, could we boy on for Tipperick Tipperick that's it um, so yeah uh, Gatlin's clearly not taking Fiji lightly and Fiji you know people kept saying at the start of the tournament that they're going to be building and they're going to get better and better and um, yeah they uh, they played some some really good stuff against a, a, what what we know is a decent Georgia side so um, in fact they, they beat they beat them handsomely it was 45-10 was it um, so yeah, yeah I think after the shock yeah, they when they got shocked by Uruguay, didn't they? But then they they came back and gave Georgia a bit of a taste in. So yeah, and the uh, the Uruguay one, there's a few caveats to that. And you know, one was they they played Australia three days before or four days before, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, probably put a, a lot of effort into that. Or Australia, well, they did put a lot of effort into Australia. They they took Australia for for sixty minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Fiji's going to be uh, a walkover on uh, on Wednesday by any stretch for Wales. And if Wales come through that. Um, Unscathed, uh, and just—I mean—they don't even need the bonus point win; they just need the win. Um, Wales have uh, nailed on for their, their side of the draw, and I think you've got to look at Wales as being, uh, yeah, uh, real dark horses because they, they weren't really mentioned before the uh, the tournament. So, um, yeah. No, uh, I mean, yeah, I suppose, yeah, probably dark. Yeah, they were probably full, full fifth favourites, weren't they? I'd have said behind. Yeah, they probably are boys. New Zealand, uh, South Africa, maybe Ireland might have been ahead. Mm. Um, pro- probably not anymore. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, think yeah, the um, the Japan Ireland game was um, was the epic one for me. Just the just what after watching it, I suppose it was similar to the um, New Zealand South Africa game. If you watched the opening twenty minutes and then stopped and came back to see the score later, you'd have been shocked. You'd have um, think Ireland completely dominated. Mm. Went thirteen 0 up, didn't they? Look great. Um, the same way South Africa were, were dominant. Uh, didn't get quite the same lead, but then. Yeah, for the, the last hour of that game, Japan just were physically dominant over mm. Ireland and just mm. put them under such pressure and laid siege. And it, you know they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not in England, Japan. They're not full of big bruising players who just mm. sort of try and run over the top of you. They just did it with well, yeah, heart, um, technique, energy, and just passion really, which was um, was great to see. And just the tackling was relentless. Their the line speed was relentless. They were they had face after face, and they so much ball. The the Irish just. Um, couldn't keep up really and it was a completely well deserved win yeah and I think that perhaps 
island. It almost looked like uh, rabbits caught in headlights, didn't they? They just um, didn't seem to know what to do. Um, and a, a big loss from not having Sexton on the pitch, I suppose it's easy to say in hindsight at the time. Nobody was particularly um, thinking that that would be a big uh, big loss. But, um, yeah, someone who's, uh, who's able to just, just switch play and... Um, yeah, just change tactics just to, just to give a bit of a, a release. But um, yeah, very uh, very impressive from Japan. And I think I and, think uh, they're going to go through. Go <laughs> I was going to say let's, uh, let's 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 talk about a quarter final. Where, where do you see Japan? It sounds like you think it'll probably be uh, Wales, France, and, and England, Australia. Um, yep. And then what, what do you see the other two quarterfinals being? How do you see the uh, I suppose yeah, Group A is the big one really, and how it all shakes out. It looks like you'll be, you know Group B will be. New Zealand followed by South Africa, um, but yeah, as you see, the, you know Japan currently on fourteen, three wins and three. Ireland on eleven, and, and Scotland on five. But Scotland have got a game in hand uh, yeah. this week well, against Russia. So you you think maybe Scotland on ten after that? They, well, yeah, they should be. Um, although Ireland uh, again only didn't, didn't kind of wow past uh, past Russia, did they? That was was that thirty five ten in the end, but Russia kept with them for uh, for a good sixty minutes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, t- I think Japan beat Scotland. Um, so if Japan beat Scotland, then it's likely that Japan are going to... Well, it will be. <laughs> a great rematch from uh, four years ago. Uh, yeah, Japan-South Africa in the uh, in the quarters. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't think, I don't think Scotland have shown... Well, I was going to say enough or maybe anything so far to suggest that uh, they're going to be... Uh, a physical force for Japan um, and be able to match them and it, and the other thing that's going to throw the uh, something into the mix is that it's uh, there's a hurricane suspected over the weekend um, or a typhoon in fact not a hurricane uh, which is going to affect probably the Wales-Uruguay game and certainly the Japan-Scotland uh, game um, which is interesting because if the matches get abandoned um Neither side pick up any points. They're just the, the matches are kind of scrapped. I was reading today, so if the matches get uh, get called off, um, then Japan would automatically go would automatically go through. I suppose th- at that point, then Ireland may may pit them back to uh, going above them in the table. Um, That's bizarre. Just what no 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 two points each or something. No. Just game never happened. Yeah, well, just kind of yeah. Or how they. How they settle it? I think they just yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I read it today. They just scrapped it. I don't think they give like any points out at all. I think it's just that game's null and void. You've missed your chance, boys. That'd be shit for any side concern. I mean, yeah. Even even your uh, even your boys could then if that happens, you could get usurped by Australia, couldn't you? And then it'd be a yeah, true, you, true, which yeah. would be massive. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to think we beat you, but I think I'd probably rather play Australia. Uh, <laughs> um, well, we'll come back, come back to that in a minute. I'll, do, I'll just, uh, I'll just double check the article I was reading, and, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll confirm that with him. I'm sure that's what I read. Um, yeah, I suppose. I suppose uh, yeah, you have to check on that. But while you think of that, would mean the other quarterfinal would be uh, another Ireland v New Zealand rematch, which I think it still is a still is a very tasty game, even if, if Ireland. Uh, well, well, we're very good against Scotland. We're good for 20 minutes against Japan and then haven't been great since and haven't really been a 
Yeah, great threat, but I still think I don't think New Zealand are the worst matchup Friday in terms of how styles and how they play. Yeah, and they, think, they got um, the beating of them, haven't they? Yeah, they beat them twice in the last four years, which is his no mean feat. And I, I mean, yeah, obviously it assumes that Sexton and Murray are playing and can try and control the the game. Um, if their kicking's not on point, then you're kicking to a very dangerous New Zealand back three. Um, but yeah, you just wonder if, if they could take control and if if they carry on playing Barrett at fifteen, could they could he be out of the game and, and could yeah could the Irish be a bit smart and keep you know yeah put pressure on Moana um, with their back row? I, I, no, I'm not saying I pick Ireland, but I think. Uh, it isn't the worst matchup for in terms of style I think yeah. they're the better suits in New Zealand than against uh, probably in England or South Africa with big sides that run over and they don't seem to be able to, to cope with as much anymore yeah. hasn't looked as, uh, as good perhaps as it did uh, when they were beating New Zealand uh, yeah I'm, I'm under a year ago now it seems seems so far away <laughs> but um, did you have a do you have a sense on a favourite then for the tournament do you, uh, just, where do you think it's going um, well if things play out as we as we think so say so are you going to go? So you're going to go Ireland, New Zealand, um, England, Australia, one side, and then that would be what Japan, South Africa, Wales, France, the other. Yeah. Um, so I think Wales and South Africa automatically get a a bit of a, a head start on the um, on the odds, perhaps because of you know it's suspected that, that they're going to walk through their um, their quarterfinals or at least. Uh, come fairly unscathed, uh, whereas uh, New Zealand, England, Ireland, Australia, I mean, it's it's all fairly tight there. So I suppose you, you'd automatically perhaps uh, bump South Africa and uh, and Wales up a little bit. Um, but yeah, t- t- to be honest, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think uh, I think any one of I could see Australia beating England, uh, and I could see England comfortably beating Australia. Um, I think we we t- you talked before about um, England have this. Uh, have either very good or very poor, um, and yeah, Australia was certainly a good side, um, and like you said, with Ireland and New Zealand, it's no uh, no foregone conclusion. Um, and if it ended up being a South Africa Wales semi final, uh, you'd probably make South Africa favourites, um, but Wales have beaten them in the last year, and. And sort of similar arguments that you're using for Ireland beating uh, New Zealand could be done for Wales against uh, South Africa. Um, yeah, Wales can match or certainly get close to matching them for their physicality. Um, yeah, I, I like to try and talk myself into a Wales winning the World Cup, but uh, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, but yeah, certainly, it certainly is, it's not. It's certainly not a foregone conclusion. There's no there's no heavy favourite, is there? No, as we said before, Andwick is quite an exciting lineup. Um, yeah, I agree. I think in terms of us, uh, Australia. Uh, yeah, I think we should have beaten them. I think we're about forward pack. I think we should be able to sort of overpower them. I don't think their selection is quite consistent. I think they're not sure whether they want to play Curtly Bill. I think they should definitely be playing Curtly Bill. But you know, he didn't start against your boys, did he? Mm. Um, I think you know they brought Foley in. Uh, and Genia, which which was probably a big mistake, and I just yeah, I'm not, I don't think he's quite settled on what he wants to do, and I think they seem to get some sort of mix of playmakers in that great game against New Zealand they had early in the year, and now they're sort of I'm in an hour in between how they want to play, and yeah, he, he kind of going back to his tried and tested in Foley and Genia, and then yeah, I mean he went back to Lalo Fano the other day, um, but yeah, I don't think they're quite settled on what they want to do. Mm. In a few positions, really, and I think, yeah, so I think we'd be, not that we're like a fully experienced side playing together, but I think we'd, we'd overpower them. Um, 
but yeah, Australia, if they could get all their backs playing on the day, would be a threat. Um, yeah, I say we've talked about Ireland New Zealand. Your boys, you know, we can always dream of that French performance that comes um, and, and comes out of nowhere. They haven't looked lots like, uh, like doing it so far. Um, but yeah, you know, French, the French have got a rich, rich history in the World Cup, haven't they? And um, they have got they're still good players. I think I think Dupont, uh, whenever I see him, looks a very exciting young player. Um, mm. Yeah, and you've got the likes of Vakatawa mm. uh, and so that. They've got some game breakers if they can, yeah, get some parry. But you just think if Wales will be a bit smarter, a bit, a bit street smarter, really. And um, yeah, I think think that yeah, Wales will probably will probably kick kick plenty of ball, and it's up to the French to be in the right places to pick it up and counter attack. And I'm, I'm not sure they're they're the smartest side and always the best positioned or the, or the best coached. And mm. yeah, of course. Uh, Apparently, there's a story today about how there's a rift between the coach and the captain, and they're having classic <laughs> French fashion. So, I think uh, I think there's some nice players in that French side. I wonder if they'll be a bit better next uh, next World Cup with the likes of Dupont and and Unsenac perhaps being fixtures in the side. But yeah, you think um, you think Wales should be too smart. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see Japan give a real go, but I think this isn't the same Springbok side of uh, four years ago. And I think I think, um, I think it'll be an arm wrestle for uh, yeah, my best part of an hour. I think. South Africa will, will yeah, be looking to fully get revenge on them. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if it was New Zealand, England, South Africa, Wales, that is a tasty, tasty semi final lineup. I saw yeah. Matt Dawson was shouting in England Wales final, so you, you never know, Gareth, it could, could, could be there. Oh, you, you must have nightmares about that. I'm completely fine. What's a good, what's a good <laughs> final, Gareth? You, you, you'd be uh, like, uh, you know. Fish out of water, wouldn't you, in a World Cup final? Well, you know, we're good, good well c- congratulations on uh, on making it. You know, eight years later, you finally got back to uh, a World Cup knockout game. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. I've, I'm going to uh, bought, bought tickets for the last World Cup for the quarterfinals. or expecting to go. They uh, didn't come through this time. Uh, well, you did go. Got the... I did go to one. Yeah, compared to the Wales uh, South Africa game, that was unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> no, this time actually, uh, whichever way, which if we would beat or. Win or lose France, I'll be seeing England in the quarterfinal, so that's always <laughs> pleasant. Um, but yeah, it's the Rugby World Cup, and uh, yeah, just to say, the uh, as I'm going to be out there, the podcast will probably still be on a bit of a haphazard uh, lineup. But yeah, we'll try and make something work, and I'll perhaps try and uh, bring some some coverage with some uh, regulars in in Japan. Uh, new faces. Um, some, could be some new faces, Gareth. Some, some new comments, but uh, yeah, we'll see, see how that goes, and yeah, we'll try and. Uh, Call in and keep you updated, but we we'll probably can't promise just the regular day or anything just yet. Just, um, um, just so I've just checked on what it was. So basically, World uh, Rugby has said that any games that are cancelled because of the weather, they'll be registered as scoreless draws. Um, so not quite, so not quite scrap, but scoreless draws. I mean, that doesn't do anyone any favour, does it? So yeah, you get cut off points, but yeah, it could mean that, like you say, Australia could and, um, you know, leapfrog over Wales, couldn't they, with, with some bonus points? Yeah, and, and slightly different. It is the Wales game to get hit, um, but it's the Ireland Samoa game that's likely to get hit, or could potentially be hit. Um, the Scotland Japan ones uh, a bit further north and on, on perhaps less likely to be uh, to suffer. Um, so yeah, although uh, I did see one of the, uh, I think it was the Scottish, uh, the Scottish lad on this article was saying that um, we're from Scotland, rain, hail, it doesn't matter. We've coped with a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he would be correct, but uh, yeah, that would be hopefully no games get cancelled. They managed to get them out somehow, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, it would be little, yeah, little little uh, plotting, yeah, intriguing plot there if it does happen. Mm. Um, 
So we'll cover the rugby quite uh, great detail, Gareth. We'll uh, perhaps come to the Premier League. And well, you, we'll see, you, you could have done a good link there. You said an intriguing plot, and uh, talking of intriguing plots, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. It seems a very boring story and a very horrible one, Gareth. But we'll, we'll, we'll perhaps come to uh, come to the title race because we haven't touched on it too much because it's been, um, yeah, fairly predictable two horse race so far. That's becoming faster one horse race. But <laughs> yeah, we'll start start before. Uh, what's you? Uh, what was your best performance of the weekend? Um, probably has to be Wolves. Um, although there's some kind of notable ones from Brighton again. Uh, looked. Uh, Looked very good against uh, Dyer Spurs. Um, and Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago. that yeah, was yeah, Against Dyer United. Well, yeah, I was going to say a couple of years ago that would have been perhaps uh, one of the results of the weekend, but nowadays it's probably, uh, yeah, probably not that much of a shock, really. Um, yeah, any others that you kind of thought that stood out? No, I, mean, I thought Chelsea's result for one was was quite handy against Southampton, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it on the same par as uh, as yeah as uh, Wolves beating City um, away. That that was very impressive, and yeah, I think um, I think yeah, Brighton certainly deserve a mention. Spurs are in turmoil, aren't they? Just uh, yeah. it's a very self-inflicted turmoil as well. Like, it doesn't seem like they need to be in this position that they are in currently. Just staggering from game to game, weird noises coming out of the club. Just. Yeah, just it seems a very swift decline from a club that probably hit one of its peaks last year in terms of getting to a Champions League final. Mm. Didn't quite get the result they wanted, but nothing to be ashamed of. Um, losing to your boys, and now they're just, they're just just terrible. Yeah, well, they just from uh, the start of the season they've been, like you say, Champions League finalists, new stadium, kind of looks like they got the players, a couple of big name buys, um, kicked all the cane and. Because it was only Ericsson was the uh, Ericsson Vertong were perhaps the uh, the couple of sour notes for their summer, but it's just all gone all gone peak song, isn't it? And yeah, uh, yeah, it was did you? So I was just gonna say, did you see Luis's um, arm break? That wasn't pleasant, was it? Um, and he's out till January, I think. But yeah, did that? Yeah, your arm shouldn't bend in that way, should it? No, <laughs> no. But I mean, perhaps there, there was more to it. I didn't realise that they've got they've got. Um, I think it's Vertong and Ericsson, and uh, who's the other one? Uh, they've got three three high profile players out of contract this summer. Mm. I think it's Vertonghen. It might be Rose, might be the other one. It's just no, no, out of Irold, sorry, out of Irold, no, right. and, and Ericsson. You just think players of those quality. You shouldn't, you know. Spurs have kind of been built on a very, you know, Levy's been hailed as this master negotiator and a person who they don't pay big wages and blah blah. Mm. Um, and yet they're getting three players of those quality who could all walk out for free in a bit over six months' time. It just. Mm. Is that, is that what the instability is about? He's refused to pay away. Just the players haven't signed new contracts, and now that they're, they're off, um, mm. it just yeah for 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 a club that was being hailed, and, and I suppose should rightly be hailed for the new stadium that bold accounts. I mean, I went, I went past it um, to the area. They haven't been to a game there uh, yet, but being hailed as you know one of the best stadiums in the world, and they seem to have done a great job creating that sort of wall atmosphere, sort of mm. facing that German idea, and and have managed to keep. Um, yeah, managed to continue, you know, get to a Champions League final and continue, you know, maintain Champions League's place despite not spending any money. Oh. Was a great achievement, but it seems at the other end of that they've uh, not been investing in players and, and you know when they finally spend a bit of money they're now some of their stalwarts there are letting walk out the door. Is, is that caused essential? I, I don't know, but it just it, it it baffles me that the club that seems to be very well run and have a very good young manager, one of the best in the game, uh, is now yeah, they're now in ninth. They're already four points behind Arsenal, which is hardly insurmountable in third. But 
Yeah, I think Arsenal had a great season. The first few were trading them. Mm. You know, they're behind the likes of Burnley, West Ham, Crystal Palace. Uh, again, they're not far behind them, but it just yeah, seems just seems very odd there, three four. Um, but yeah, uh, I think just if you if you cause cool. I was going to say if you couple it with the uh, the embarrassment of the Champions League uh, in the in the week as well, I think that's the uh, you can forgive a couple of poor results at the start of the season, can't you? And, um, as long as you as long as you're showing somewhere that you're playing well, particularly if you're in the Champions League. But um, but yeah, they're just seven two against um, against Munich was just uh, just a shocker, wasn't it? Especially in Arsenal, and when Arsenal reject getting a what four no a hat trick, wasn't it? No, no, four goals, you're right. Yeah, four and every. Yeah, got a great, great sell, Arsenal. Um, <laughs> He's the best, uh, no, best ever performance as, a, as an Arsenal player, wasn't it? In Champions League, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, good point about that. They forgot to add that onto it as well. Just, you know, that was another game where they just caught the capitulated. You know, a lot of similar to the Brighton game, really, were a lot worse. But, but against the mm. better side, they just, yeah, rolled over and just by and pulled it on, didn't they? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think Spurs had. I didn't, didn't think they'd catch you up this season. I thought that the gap would probably widen, but I thought they'd be comfortably third place. And, and yeah, they look like they're just struggling the Champions League. And if it wasn't for sort of a fairly weak race around them, they'd be. I think they'd be really in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you've been two in Leicester's horn all season. I think. I think uh, Leicester. You know, unlucky not to nick a point at Anfield and be the first side to take points. You, I think they look a lot better side than Spurs at the moment. And, yeah. Uh, some like Chelsea probably look better. At least Chelsea seem to have some. They don't not the most solid teams, but seem to have a bit of spirit and semblance of what they're doing. Mm. Uh, Spurs that seem to be staggering, punch drunk from one game to the next. But uh, perhaps enough Spurs fashion. We we haven't, as I say, talked too much about the title race this year, Gareth. Cause it's been fairly dull. But with City uh, getting shocked on Sunday, you are now eight points ahead after just eight games. Uh, is the title race over, Gareth? And uh, or are you destined to bottle it again like last year when you were <laughs> flying ahead? Yeah, I think last year we, we, we eventually got to 10 points clear at one point, um, although that was uh, with City was having a game in hand, but, but certainly 7 points, and uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, I'm one of them people, Jano, as you know, don't like to get carried away. Um, no, like never, to... <laughs> never. <laughs> but, uh, but to say the uh, the title's going to be wrapped up by, uh, by Christmas, uh, I think that'd be an understatement. Um, <laughs> here he is. Here he is. <laughs> we've uh, we've got United away next game. Um, is there a better time Four to nil. play United? Yeah. Um, we've got Spurs coming up again soon. Uh, oh, coming up again. Coming up for the first time soon. Um, again, we just touch on Spurs. Yeah, better time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the big the big games that are perhaps well the, obviously the biggest one will be will be City and that's. Uh, November. What are we say November the ninth? Is it November the eighth, ninth that weekend? Yeah, no, um, maybe the tenth, the Sunday. It's a big Sunday game, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, and, and up until the Leicester game, um, oh no, in fact, two weeks of it because the Sheffield United game as well. We we, we got lucky. Um, we didn't take our chances, uh, and then got lucky and um, sort of yeah, skipped away with three points. Uh, with Leicester again, we didn't really take a couple of chances. Uh, Leicester came back into it, played played well. Um, and yeah, a bit of fortune at the end. Don't think it's a penalty. Um, I don't quite understand why VAR couldn't re- re- uh, rescind the decision um, or re- sorry, re- uh, reverse the decision. But, um, but I think uh, Brendan Rodgers made a point at the end. If the referee doesn't give the penalty, VAR probably isn't in his ear saying you need to give the penalty. Um, so it probably does come from the ref initially. Um, but yeah, 
there we go. We, we've, we've got lucky with uh, with that decision there. But um, yeah, we're playing playing some decent football. Um, we look ruthless. Um, we're not looking impregnable at the back like we were <laughs> for times last season. But uh, certainly going forward, we're, we're scoring goals from all over the pitch from uh, different players. Um, we've come through quite a few tough games, and uh, yeah, as I say, that the the tough run of games isn't really hasn't really come yet. Um, so yeah, it's looking it's looking wonderful at the moment. Um, but yeah, pride comes before a fall, doesn't it? So <laughs> when we get beaten beaten by United uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, then uh, maybe I'll have to uh, eat some humble pie and come back to you. So it sounds like you're saying that if you don't win the Premiership season, you think Klopp's got to go. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that, no. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if we, we've certainly got in a very good position to win the title. And uh, yeah, why, why not be bullish? Uh, why not say, yeah, we're definitely going to win the league? <laughs> it was good, so perhaps good, the, uh... a good weekend, though. Uh, United losing, City losing, uh, and Everton uh, dropping into the relegation zone as well. It's. Uh, Sort of, uh, sort of dream, sort of uh, weekends at Carlsberg, make I think. Yeah, no, nothing like a, a smug Liverpool fan enjoying his weekend, <laughs> is there? Uh, we absolutely love that, absolutely love it. But uh, yeah, it's just concerning. He seems to be good, but perhaps, uh, yeah, hopeful that uh, you know, if you're punishing style under Klopp, you, you don't seem to have really picked up many injuries since he's been there. So I'm, I'm assuming there is a decent sports science uh, thing at your, your, you know, department. Sorry, at your club. On a perhaps more serious note, there's, there are a couple of things. So we've got this um, Club World Championship thing that we're going to go for in December, um, which is already, you know, we've already got a congested fixture list anyway, just because we're still in the League Cup, we're still in, um, we're still in Champions League. Um, that, that will impact on, on us undoubtedly. Um, whether it's with fatigue or not, you've got people like Manny who's, who's not had a break all summer. Um, and Salah and for like two others. years, is it? Well, yeah, exactly. So at, at some point, <laughs> these things are going to catch up, and we we've got we are very lucky in the um, the injury that we did have um, to one of the most important players in our in our side. Uh, Adrian stepped in with like a two weeks bit of training over in Spain beforehand, or wherever he was beforehand, and uh, and yeah, stepped in and, and performed um, on the whole very well. Um, you know, there's, there was a bit of a, a miss, a couple of a couple of poor goals to concede in. Um, one against Southampton, another one, another one somewhere else as well. I think I'm in Champions League, but but, uh, but yeah, a Napoli game, was it? Yeah, yeah, but but on the whole, to be fair, he's he's been for someone who's meant to be over the hill and done done with Premier League and couldn't find a club in the summer. He's been uh, he's fit like a glove. He's been, he's been exceptional, uh, and Matip as well. Matip's the other one who's who's I think been a big surprise. Uh, he was named PFA Player of the the month uh, this month, and I think. Yeah, rightly so. Uh, he's been the, the standout performer, um, and that's saying something when you're in a in a centre half partnership with Van Dijk. Um, so yeah, the Klopp's one thing that we knew that Klopp was good at before, and perhaps was was getting the best out of, of players in a good manner management, and that seems to be be bearing fruit when we when we have had some uh, some difficult injuries. But but yeah, we'll we'll see. There's, there's certainly I think the the World Club Championship's going to play a bit of a or he's probably going to dent some of our title aspirations, but I don't think we've got any. Um, we there's nothing we can do about it, and uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have a, a decent lead that it won't matter too much. Yeah, I think, I think if you're an anti-Liverpool fan like myself, um, you're <laughs> hoping that yeah, there's, there's perhaps a, a lack of depth in some positions. If you do, if you don't look the. I mean, you're not 
you're not weak at, uh, after your first eleven, but perhaps some, you know, your top three would be a place. Um, your midfield, uh, they're probably more. You got some good midfielders, there, they're probably more workhorses than people who dig you out of trouble if you know one or one or two of your big three goes. And then yeah, your defence doesn't look as good this season. So mm. and yeah, obviously your your attacking fullbacks are, are very important to what you do in terms of your your style of play, really, aren't they? So yeah, one of them went down maybe. Um, but yeah, I suppose looking at the other side, what do you, the City, have, you know, already two surprising losses against Wolves and uh, Norwich. Do you, what do you, do you think there are problems? Do you think I mean they were had a few injuries themselves, haven't they? Um, KDB, who's, who's been immense this season, was out, wasn't he? But you know they still had the yeah. luxury of leaving, leaving Bernardo Silva on the bench. They're hardly um, for to talk about depth. I think they're they're definitely not struggling. Now. What do you what do you put? You know, um, I suppose defence they are struggling. That is where they have taken yeah. hit after hit. Is, is it put down to injuries? Do you think there are struggles, or do you think there's a perhaps a weariness after so much dominance, a bit of complacency, maybe? Uh, yeah, probably all of the above. Um, I think they've they've made it clear that you know the Champions League is what they're going to focus on this season. And it doesn't mean to say that they wanted to throw the league away by any stretch. Um, but I think, you know, that despite some dodgy uh, dodgy um, results in the Premier League, they're still looking very good in the Champions League. Um, it's, it's yeah, a surprise, really. I think, you know, Wolves. I, I mean, I had Aguero as my captain in fantasy football this week. I think it was going to be absolute hatful for City because Wolves have played away in the Europa League and um, on Thursday. And you always think that's going to impact. And City, um, the one thing that City could, especially at home. Is they just they just suffocate sides and just relentless. They they get the early goal usually a couple or two or three before half time, and sides are already playing for uh, well to keep the score down after like minute twenty. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think once they start didn't well once they weren't taking chances, uh, maybe that's become part of the mindset and um, yeah, Wolves tactically understand that um, yeah uh, what's his name. Gaffer, uh, Portuguese fella. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of the <laughs> Watford keep, um, guy for some reason. Keep up with Flores. No, not anyway. so. He's another. Yeah, the, the Wolves <laughs> manager. Wolves manager. He, uh, he 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 made it tight and and probably frustrated. You know, probably the t- tactic was frustrate City and clearly saw that they uh, they were weak in defence and and then just just went for it. But Ahmad Amarad Traore on and. Um, yeah, proper, uh, proper cause them some problems and City's shown as uh, shown their um, yeah how how vulnerable they can be um, certainly to the counter attack which is, which seems odd um, but but yeah that was that's what kind of undid them in the Norwich game as well so um, yeah I, I don't I don't I don't think it's any particular thing I, I certainly think the injuries are a big part of it to the uh, centre defenders but you know City have spent. Well, it's quadruple what most teams in the Premier League have spent um, and them all together in the last uh, five years, and uh, I, I think it's—I think, I think it's a bit of a weak argument to say, well, it's the squad's not big enough or the squad's not deep enough, and um, they were—they were spending two hundred million on on fullbacks a couple of seasons ago, so uh, you know they broke the transfer record in the summer to to bring in Rodri. Um, yeah, casual sixty million on the the Cancelero as well. Yeah, um, yeah, they just I, I, I understand because they because the 
defence looks looks weak at the moment because of a couple of injuries. But I think it's a it's, a, it's not the greatest argument for for um, to say that it's because of you know, boo hoo they've got injuries kind of thing. I think uh, yeah, I mean they've only had, they've had two injuries to centre half, haven't they? And they they probably didn't replace well they didn't replace company. Um, whether we thought Fernandinho could do a job and cover or not, but um, that means to you, it's not it's, it's not an, uh, an expensively assembled defence, is it? You know, uh, you took Stones who hasn't really taken off. There was what fifty five was he or sixty million? Mm, yeah, Laporte who was was probably way more. He was fifty seven. I think Otamendi was it was in the thirties, wasn't he, when they signed him? Which was, mm. seems a, a pittance now. Um, you know, yeah, it's not. Yeah, he has spent plenty on fullbacks and. Yeah, why not try? If he's struggling with the fullback options, you know you could always play a Carl Walker in a back three like England yeah. done. It's not like yeah. he's not known to it. Um, if you if you think you're a bit worried about that kind of thing, and you've, you've definitely got enough, like as you say, to spend the fortunes on fullbacks, um, they've got options there. But yeah, just yeah, not the best setup at the minute. But um, yeah, they don't look quite great. And yeah, maybe maybe it's Champions League, but I'm sure we'll hear from again. And then, yeah, there are plenty plenty more uh, places to get some points back. Mm. Um, Cover the Premiership there, Gareth, but we've also had the uh, World Athletics Championship on, haven't we? Uh, and it's been, yeah. it's been, 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 been a rather good uh, couple of weeks for the Brits. Um, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> sort of. It's so been certainly the girls, Gareth. The, uh, the girls leading the charge. Yeah, I, I d- yeah well, I d- it's been the lowest lowest medal haul for was it 15, 20 years or something in the World Championship. We've only got five medals. did have six until... Uh, well, we only had five, and then we thought we had six last night when they uh, got a bronze um, in the four by four women's four by four was it? Uh, and then Jamaica, oh. well, Jamaica yeah. got the bronze, and they had it taken off them, and they put it in appeal and got got it back again. So went from five to six to to uh, five pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it's it's not really been that good, but <laughs> the two, two goals in there though. Yeah, and and the and the, the the goals have been like sensational, haven't they? They've been the, um, particularly the heptath one. I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it really captures the imagination. You think like uh, the other heptathletes we've had over the years who've, uh, who've kind of, um, yeah, got involved with it, and it's just it's, a, it's an event that's uh, that's brilliant, isn't it? It is, and I think, um, yeah, uh, for KJT, uh, Katrina Johnson Thompson to finally sort of lay some. Goes to rest, and for someone who's been a bit of a, a nearly girl before and has has uh, struggled with pressure in past uh, past championships, um, notably the the last Olympics, she had, she had a bit of a nightmare, and another world oh. championships after that, she um, she think what was he was it the javelin she completely bombed out. Javelin's her weakest one, was her weakest one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, another one where she um, the long jump she struggled, but didn't she before in in another in another. Uh, was that the Olympics where she struggled with a long jump but then this one she from the off she put pressure on the team um, yeah when this this long jump she, she jumped out of the stadium um, yeah. javelin she got a decent mark down and, and yeah she's always good at the running event so and the javelin, yeah, the javelin really... that team had an elbow injury didn't she but but believe it even if you take that into account she the points record <laughs> or points the amount of points that she um, accumulated doesn't really matter what the, that team had done did it no um, I think she yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that the team sort of walked off in the end, didn't she? And mm. just didn't, didn't even try and give it another go, even though she she has a far bigger jab, uh, javelin throw. Shows the sort of yeah level that KJT was on, really, and that she, you know, it was going to take something truly incredible to knock her off the place she got to. And um, yeah, it was just really impressed, and I think it's got a 
yeah, got to give her a great amount of confidence going into Tokyo. And I, I mm. suppose, yeah, um, and that's uh, I, I was um, equally, perhaps even, you know, no, it's hard to pick between, but perhaps even more impressed with uh, Dina Asher Smith, who's been sort of a, a rising star for a little while now. And um, yeah, she, uh, well, she yeah, did brilliant in the 100 metres, didn't she? Come in mm. second. Um, and then followed up with 200. You know, you saw quite a lot of her competitors dro- dropped out. They didn't fancy doing a double up. It was quite a punishing schedule, apparently. But she came through and. Yeah, I thought similar to KJT. Really, it was just a, it was she was dominant in the final, uh, mm. left from the front, and, and didn't ever look like any usurps. And um, yeah, she, she's um, yeah, she's she's photogenic. She's always beaming with smiles. She comes across yeah. as a lovely girl. Um, she's going to be a superstar. Um, but I suppose yeah, on that Gareth, do you do, do you see them two as, as superstars now? They've won the World Athletic Championships, or do you think they need to back it up at the Olympics next year in Tokyo to, to really call themselves sort of superstars of, of the athletics world? Um, it probably has to be done in the Olympics, doesn't it? I think uh, they've certainly made huge strides, and um, the, the weight of the British public will be uh, very firmly placed on their shoulders uh, come Tokyo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about delivering. In uh, you know, we've been spoiled over recent years, uh, particularly in the uh, in 2012, was it in London? Um, seeing all them goals, seeing the, the, uh, the Super Sunday or whatever it's called, or the no Super Saturday. Golden Saturday, or whatever, whatever the, the term of phrase was, and there was uh, three or four different, uh, three gold. It was Super Saturday. You got it. Um, uh, yeah, we've been spoiled with with seeing uh, British stars kind of being at the top of the field in the Olympics. So I think, I think that's what we've kind of come to expect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I suppose that you, you, you say it's the lowest medal hall, but if you look back, the last one it was only Mo Farah was the only guy in, in the only individual winner, wasn't he? Whereas the others were all in, in team events. So I suppose mm. that's. Perhaps some you've know, got two different people winning medals now, and and I think we came fourth in about another five events, so not so not a million miles away from from some more medals. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, I'm sure Dean Ashworth's now got a bit more of a target on the back, and the Americans and Jamaicans will be looking to run her down, and, and um, TM will, will certainly be looking to to back up her previous Olympic goal, won't she? And and come at KJC again. But yeah, I think, I think they've. Um, certainly help their profile and, and they're going to yeah like you say put some pressure on themselves but you hope they'd be bring bring that pressure on really they show they can mm. cope with it in the world championships why not go one further and, and you know go and wear, go get Olympic gold girls yeah yeah definitely I think um, and, um, yeah, that's what we expect really isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah I think, think they'll be yeah pressure yeah firmly pressure but on KJT you know she's uh, in the heptathlon you know it's been the Denise Lewis and Jessica Ennis we've had a pretty rich uh which lineage have they been recent years mm-hmm. uh, This in the 21st century um, yeah, there was a picture of all three of them uh, after the race which I thought was quite nice lovely and uh, yeah Dean Ashton Smith yeah I mean she's some, some great sprinters out there from the yeah the shirt, uh, Fraser Price who just pipped her in the 100 metres and then um, yeah there's a few different Americans who'll be knocking about but uh, yeah she, she's taken on some she's taken some big guns and won why not go a step further and then yeah you wonder if the likes of Jamili who was just just missed the medal didn't he can he, can he go any better mm. um, and yeah so hopefully some of the, the relay squads can, can stay good as well um, but yeah we'll, uh, well, we'll we'll come to that when uh, the Olympics come round next year Gareth yeah yeah definitely lastly um, we're talking about a couple of rising superstars who are yeah perhaps hitting their peak uh, we, we perhaps saw another superstar you wonder if he's nearing the end of his uh, going over to the boxing world Gareth uh-huh. Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, um, 
He won on Saturday. I, I wouldn't wouldn't have called it an impressive win, but he, he narrowly beat a, a very game uh, Deverin Deverinchenko. I think you pronounced mm, it. Very good. Very right. good. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he won. Uh, I think it was 140, 113, and then 215, 112 on the cards. Um, yeah, uh, Golovkin who was uh, unbeaten for so long. He had the amazing knockout record. I think it was 27 in a row at one stage, or 24 just uh, consecutive knockouts. Um, yeah, he, you know, he was uh, probably yeah probably the sort of world sort of, probably like, he was certainly most feared man in boxing a couple mm. of years back. He came over to Britain and, and smashed Kel Bro literally smashed Kel Brook's face up. Um, yeah. Scratch his eye socket. Um, he had two very tough fights against Canelo. Uh, for me, he probably won them both, but I think most people would say he won at least one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he, he came away with a, a draw and a loss. And uh, yeah, had a couple of sort of keep, keep, uh, keep busy fights in between. And then he went out for this was a world title fight, so he's now a, a world champion at middleweight again. But do we, uh, 37, do think, do think the end is nigh for Golovkin? And do you, well, yeah, do you think he wants. Uh, do you think it would be sensible for him to get back in with Canelo for a third rematch, as fun as that perhaps would be for us all? Um, well, I'd say I think financially, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I th there'll probably be some uh, discrepancies on, on what weight they, they fight at now, isn't it? Um, Canelo's gone up a bit. Um, but he's gone up two, he's gone up two weight divisions, is not he? Um, to whether they'd, yeah, whether they'd fight, heavy, yeah. whether they'd fight it, uh, in the middle. Uh, was that 163 is it um, yeah I, I don't know 168 wouldn't it super, super middle you suppose you could come up to um, yeah so uh, there's, there's talk of um, possibly other options before that fight I suppose they, they, they will probably will fight again won't they um, they'll build it as the, the, the third of the trilogy but I suppose from Canelo's point of view uh, why would you um, it's still a bit of a risk um, you've already got two of the wins um, yeah, you, see, you certainly can't see Canelo dropping back down, can you? Uh, tough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, maybe Sergey Kovalev will have an influence on this, but I think Canelo's. Um, I don't know. I don't want to call. I was going to compare, compare Canelo to Mayweather then, which I think is unfair because Canelo took on. I'd say what you want about whether he should have won, but Canelo took on Golovkin twice when he was pretty handy. Mm -hmm. I might say, he did, but I don't think um, Canelo quite plays the May with a role in terms of matching but I suppose Golovkin he grabs the lady a little bit and he he maybe tries to fight people at, at the right time for him and he's, he's probably getting Kovalev at a good time uh, although it's still so if it's, he goes up there and jumps, jumps two weight divisions and takes on one of the sort of again someone else who's one of the most feared uh, punchers a couple of years back it's mm. he, he, you know he's not, he's not getting there with undangerous people when he gets in with Golovkin and uh, Kovalev is he? No definitely not but um, if, if he goes up there and wins then yeah you think it's perhaps uh, I'd say probably less likely. Uh, mm. I think if if he doesn't, he can say that I went up to and I, you know, thought someone too big. Um, but at the same time, the way Golovkin, um, yeah, Golovkin, sorry, looked. If I'm Canelo, I think there's probably as good a chance I'll get. I'm probably the easiest fight yet. I think he just, he just, he looked a bit weary, Golovkin. He looked a bit old, and he, he didn't. There was, there was talk he'd had, a, he'd had a flu or cold or something, didn't it? Yeah, if that's it, then then fair play. He didn't make any excuses afterwards, and he doesn't seem like type two Golovkin. But he no. just um, Devorinchenko just came on stronger and stronger, and, and Golovkin he, he wasn't struggling. He, he certainly he, he takes a good punch. He didn't ever look in trouble. So uh, there was I think there was one sort of thirty second period where Devorinchenko hit him. He didn't hit much back. It might have been the tenth round, but he never looked like he was about to get stopped or anything. But at the same time, he didn't look like the the feared uh, KO monster. He didn't outside of a. 
which was obviously was really a flash knockdown in the first round. It wasn't like a he, he laid him out. Um, mm. it was, you know, his, his form with power, which didn't didn't trouble Canelo amazingly. So in the fight, you wondered is you know that's usually the last thing to go. But he hasn't been as fierce with that in some of the, when he's been stepping up in class. Golovkin and uh, yeah, just just fear for a bit. Really, I think it's it's uh, very sad for his career and legacy that he hasn't got a win against Canelo. But at 37, uh, with Canelo's tail very much up now. I'm not sure. He gets that if they fight again, um, but like you say, he's followed the money, and I think that third fight would, I'd, I'd certainly watch it, and because the first two were both very good fights. Um, mm. But yeah, just I just fear he'll go into that and he'll lose another one. He'll be two two down in the series against Canelo, which is is an unfair reflection on, on what that's like, really. So, hope I'm wrong. Hope it was a flu, uh, and I hope he was saying afterwards that he he got to see he needs to be a bit more focused in the training, and maybe he did take his eye off the board. I don't know, um, but. Yeah, just just look like someone who, whose best days are behind him and could could not be long for this world, uh, boxing world. Really. He's got a big fight deal, hasn't he? Yeah, maybe try and um, get a couple more average fights on that before he goes in with someone like Canelo again. Yeah. Um, or or even a, a you know Billy Joe Saunders if Billy Joe thing doesn't mark you know you know Billy Joe can't one six eight but I wonder if he'd be tempted to come back down to middleweight to try and win back a world title there. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, th- I think there's, there's probably well, he's certainly still a big, big enough name to to attract um, probably whoever he wants really, um, Golovkin. But uh, yeah, I think the Canelo one, the Canelo one will probably it will happen at some point. But like you say, maybe Canelo waits and finds waits till Golovkin's even more out of his uh, over the hill and then and then fights him. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, it would, yeah, that one drags out till uh, yeah, could the Cinco de Mayo fight next year or maybe Mexican September fight next year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's, well, I wonder where the Glocking would go then. Would he go to uh, Saunders? Would he fight someone like Andrade? Who I think is also promoted by Hearn, isn't he? Or he was for a while, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. I think he's on the zone as well. Um, yeah. yeah, you just yeah. Smith. Uh, Canelo's Kino, Kino, the one we all want to see, I suppose, but. Um, Billy Joe would be very interesting but yeah I guess that a lot of moving parts is will Billy Joe try and get Callum Smith that, which was uh, one we definitely would like to see as well yeah oh, will, will Smith go for Triple G yeah I, I think if I'm Triple G I don't, I don't yeah I wouldn't no uh, going up £8 to fight the younger fierce punching guy I mean again that would be a fight I'd definitely tune in so I'm not sure it would be the smartest thing for Golovkin I think if he wants to go up I'd only fight People are, you know, like someone like Canelo, who's my size. I think it's a very big super middleweight and could mm. easily go up to like heavy. I don't think that would be the smartest thing for Golovkin at his age. But, you know, he's he's got fierce punchy power, so maybe he'll back that and maybe maybe it was just a bit of a bad night. Uh, Eubank? I'm, I'm right now, too. Oh, I'd happily see that one. Uh, Eubank uh, had, had the offer on the table before Kelbrook, didn't he? And uh, he, he ran away conveniently. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that. I think Golovkin's uh, too smart and, and probably still too powerful for Eubank. Um, but yeah, I mean that that would be a fight that he could come to England and it certainly would get a a big audience, big enough name, big America, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, well, that could be uh, us and Gareth for the uh, week. Unless anything else you wanted to touch on? No, no, I think that was it. I think um, yeah, covered uh, quite a lot of sport there. Nice to be uh, yeah. nice to be back chatting about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and come back to you again, some from somewhere across continents. We'll uh, see what we can do. But uh, yeah, in in the meantime, you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook at Pinter Two. Uh, any comments or thoughts, questions you want to throw away, please send them there. 
Uh, and yeah, please leave, rate and review us on uh, iTunes, wherever you get your uh, podcast from. And yeah, we'll catch you, I'll say next week, but at some point soon. <laughs> Coming to a podcast near you soon, maybe. Yeah. Cheers, Gareth. All right, cheers, Jello.